welcome to Slapshot Podcast, episode number 28. I'm your host, Chris Morris. Thank you so much for being here with me again. It's uh, it's Stanley Cup Finals time, baby. That's right. The Stanley Cup Finals have officially started. Actually, they're two games into it, right? Dallas and Tampa splitting the first two games, one apiece each. Um, really not surprised that uh, Dallas is there. I mean, they. I mean, a little bit surprising, right? Early, but at this point, like Dallas is just good. I think, like we have to give them the credit that they deserve, right? Tampa Bay being there is just, you know, it, it is what it is. Tampa's Tampa's good at hockey, man. Tampa Bay is pretty good. It's been actually remarkable to watch them get there, despite not having Steven Stamkos in the lineup. Like they look just fine without him, which is, I mean, that's crazy. It's crazy that they're that good. They've made it this far without their captain. That's a hard thing for a lot of teams to do, right? But, uh, yeah, that should be an ex- excellent series. It uh, should be a whole bunch of fun. So I'm keeping definitely keeping tabs on that, watching those games. And I'm excited to see Stanley Cup awarded at some point in the month of September. Huh? Weird, right? Like, I was going through my Facebook memories and everything and, like, all the fantasy hockey drafts and stuff from other years. I'm like, man this point i would be so deep into fantasy hockey drafts getting ready draft kits all kinds of stuff hearing people's hot takes about where they're going to draft martin jones and is frederick anderson a top five fantasy goalie and instead this year you know leaves are falling pumpkin spice is back and we have playoff hockey so crazy time going on but i love it ish I guess, right? I love the hockey. Not everything else is going around with it. But yeah, Um, I did write a piece over at fantasyfix.com about who I think is going to win the Stanley Cup. So I definitely invite you to check that out, right? You head over to fantasyfix.com and you can read that. Um, Today's episode, let's dig into a couple of things, okay? Uh, I got some cool stuff that we want to talk about. We're going to talk about the Joel Edmondson trade. Okay, because the Montreal Canadiens have acquired another mediocre defenseman, and I'm calling him mediocre from now. Uh, so de- definitely going to take a look at that. We're also going to take a look at the Eric Stahl, uh, Marcus Johansson trade. I got a cool thing coming up for that, so we're going to dig into that as well. Um, first, housekeeping notes, right? The uh, NHL handed out some awards as well, so we're going to divulge. We're going to go through that. We're going to pick why you think those picks are wrong or why I think they're okay. Um, But just quickly before we start that, right, San Jose Sharks have confirmed Bob Bugner is their official head coach now. So they've removed the intern tag from him. Uh, If you remember, he replaced Peter DeBoer back in mid-December. The Sharks didn't really get better. The Sharks, you know, they are what they are. But, I mean, good for them. They found a coach, right? I mean, it is what it is, right? They didn't get better when he took over, but, I mean, I think the Sharks were pretty banged up. They they weren't that great. They're, I mean, you know how I feel about Martin Jones at this point. So, whatever. So, they've got that done. Um, I'm pretty happy about that. So, yeah. Uh, let's take a look here at Joel Edmondson because... So the Montreal Canadiens acquired Joel Edmondson. A lot of people are like, hey, this is amazing. The Habs go out and get another tough defenseman and i the so my first reaction to this deal is why all right that's exactly it i'm like why has montreal decided to go out and get another defenseman who who brings like he brings very little i compared him a little bit i compared his contract a little bit to that one of carl alsner and all of a sudden the whole universe was like whoa whoa, whoa. no 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 he's much better and i'm like really is he because I'll tell you one thing. The Montreal Canadiens have a lot of Joel Edmondsons on their team already, which is defensemen who do not move the puck up the ice, okay? That's a lot of stuff. So that's problem number one. Do you have to go out and acquire Joel Edmondson? No. But Mark Bergevin's theory is you can never have too many defensemen, which is fine, which, which by the way, is true, okay? Which is true. A lot of people were like, why is Montreal spending money on Jake Allen? That's a dumb deal. And then all of a sudden, these same people are like, yeah, Joel Edmondson's a great bargain plan. I'm like, really? That's what you think? 
Because to me, it's the opposite. Spending at the goaltending position is never a bad idea. Jake Allen's going to come in. He's going to give Carey Price the support that he needs. We already talked about this. So, you know, you know how I feel about this. Joel Edmondson is going to bring very, very little to the Montreal Canadiens, if anything at all. If anything, this is a four-year deal that's just not going to go well. Okay? He is a big-body defenseman, which is fine. Right? But he is no different than Ben Sherratt. He's no different than Brett Kulak. He is an older version of Alex Romanov. Okay? So these are big boys who can throw the weight around, play the body around, and good things happen. I understand that Montreal used three defensemen basically in the playoffs, right? Shea Weber, Jeff Petrie, and Ben Sherratt. Those three played heavy minutes, right? Shea Weber is getting older. We understand that. Jeff Petrie is 32, okay? So there's a lot of different things coming up. Petrie's in the last year of his deal as well. He's a UFA next season. Um, but right now I'm looking at the Montreal Canadiens blue line. I'm just like, it's starting to get crowded with mediocrity, okay? Because you still have Victor Mete that you got to give some money to. And I think Victor Mete still growing into that position of being a good NHL defenseman. I still don't know what he's going to bring, but he's not going to hurt you, right? I think he's going to grow into be a, right? maybe a second-line pairing, a third-line pairing kind of guy. But he's going to be a player who kind of protects somebody else from playing. But like I said earlier, you have one puck-moving defenseman. That's Jeff Petrie, okay? Shea Weber doesn't move the puck up the ice. He's a good first-pass defenseman if you're lucky, okay? Ben Sherratt's the same thing. Brett Kulak's the same thing. I don't know much about Romanov and how he's going to do it. He's a big boy who throws his weight around. We're going to have to see how he adapts to North American ice as well. I understand Xavier Willette, right? He's an RFA as well. He's probably going to get a little bit of money. He's going to captain, right, the Laval Rocket. That's fine. Christian Foling, I think it's gone. But, I mean, you still have Carl Alzer. And we can agree that Carl Alzer just didn't work out. And to me, Joel Edmondson's deal is just is 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 less. It's just less money. But he's a player coming over who I'm not necessarily thrilled about. Now, if you go through some advanced stats, okay, which is what I want people to do, okay, if you look at, right, so the same way they calculate wins, wins above replacement in baseball and whatnot, the advanced numbers of him, they're not great. He had, look, he had 20 points last season, okay, for Carolina, which was, by the way, career high. He tied his career high in goals with seven. So this is a defensive defenseman. Okay, someone's going to come in and solidify it, a blue line. He's a third line pairing kind of guy. Okay, that's that's what he is. Let's be honest. Do you have to go out and acquire this defenseman? No, you don't have to. It's not something that is on my priority list of saying, hey, I'm going to give money to the, to Joel Edmondson. I need a Joel Edmondson on my team. Not when I already have a whole bunch of them. Okay, and there's some really good stuff. A lot of people saying no great deal no it's not no it's not it's not it's to me this is a pointless move if anything it takes ice time away from Romanov and Mete who are players I much rather see play or who are could be what Edmondson is and already having guys like Sherrod already having guys like Kulak you don't need to add another one of these you don't need to it's not it's not a need. And maybe this is an insurance policy on saying, okay, well, if it doesn't work out with Mete and it doesn't work out with, with Romanov, then I got somebody here to fill the holes. That's fine. But I don't see why this deal has to be made when it was made. And to me, the money that you spent on Jake Allen is fine. And then you're blowing money by signing Edmonton. You still need, okay? Like Montreal still needs a forward. They still need an impact player up front. And whether you believe that's Max Domi or not is irrelevant, but he's also an RFA and he needs some money. Okay. And let's not forget that Max Domi had a really good season, right? The previous year to this one. And then he had a down season this year. So in his career, right, he's topped 50 points twice, right? His first year in Arizona, he had 52. His 72 points last year was was really good, right? Like, it was elevated. Is he a 70-point-plus player? 
I don't know because he's only done it once. But he's had a bunch of 44, 45-point years, right? Is he close to a 30-goal scorer or is he closer to a 20-goal scorer? I don't know. So I do expect at some point Max Domi to kind of sign maybe a bridge deal. Something that pays him in the $5 million range. $5, $6 million range, two-year deal kind of thing. Because I have a feeling he's going to want to go out and get more. Canadians are probably going to try to lock him up to a longer-term deal. Somewhere around maybe five-something. Try to get that over a number of years. I'm pretty sure Max Domi's going to be like, no, nah, man, give me a shorter-term deal, you know, some money, and I'll go out and prove that I can get 70-plus points. Which is fine. If you can get him at a discount, do it, but you're not. I do not recommend trading him. That's that's the first thing that we got to get out of our mind here. Okay, You don't move players who can put up points when you're a team that does not do a good job at scoring goals. Okay, You don't have that luxury. You don't have that room. He can play center ice. It'd be a good idea if Claude Julien didn't play him on the fourth line. That would be the first thing to probably fix whatever was going on because in three, in, he, he played 10 playoff games. He had three points. So you didn't get him going when needed. You didn't get him going. This was his first playoffs, by the way, right? He didn't participate in the playoffs in Arizona. Came to the playoffs here. It didn't work out. So, But again, playing him on the fourth line is probably not the spot you want to put him. But I'm under, in no, no way am I looking at moving a player like Max Domi. Not going to happen. And I just feel like maybe Montreal threw some money away. By bringing in, Ed, bringing in Ed Edmondson. Because that could be the money you need to get it done. And now instead you have another defenseman who looks like a lot of the ones that you already have. Right? Montreal isn't like, they don't have a puck moving defenseman. The, the, the Weber's not it. When I think of puck moving defensemen, right? I look at guys like Roman Yossi. Puck moving defensemen. When Subban was in Montreal, puck-moving defenseman. Jeff Petrie is a puck-moving defenseman. You need these type of players to move the puck up the ice. It's not just a quick first pass up the boards. The winger gets it, chips it, you chase it and go get it. No, you talk about a defenseman who can skate the puck up, get it past your own blue line, or maybe make a good first pass as he's moving up. That's what's needed. Not just a guy who's going to go, you know, D to D and then move it. Weber has his his good things, right? He brings stuff to the table. His shot on the power play is something that Montreal tries to overuse. But is he a puck-moving defenseman? No. And there are none outside of Petrie. None. There, there, there are none you can't convince me it is. So to me, I don't like the the Edmondson deal. I just, I, I, I think it's money blown away for no reason. But, hey, maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Edmondson comes in and plays great, but I'm going to wait and see. I'm going to wait and see. Speaking of Roman Yossi, okay, the NHL handed out some awards yesterday, depending on when you listen to this, right? It was Monday. Um, so let's go through a couple of these. Let's go through the voting and whatnot. Not really shocked with a lot of these, um, but I think they're well-deserved. And again, you can disagree with the voting, because a lot of people like to rip, you know, the association of writers who cast their votes and whatnot, and that's fine. Look, you're going to have all kinds of different, you know, theories and whatnot, but I don't think any of them are specifically wrong. I just think you're allowed to disagree with what it is, okay? So the first one is the Hart Trophy was given to Leon Dreisaitl, which to me I feel like is a fair bet to give it right he he was dominant this season he was on another level I will you know Leon Dreisaitl kind of reminded me of just how wrong I was about him because at the beginning of last season for fantasy purposes I wrote about him being a potential bust I said man I don't think he's going to return value on where he's going at, on his average draft position I was like man I don't think it's going to happen and then he came out and just blew the league out of the water and proved everybody wrong does it help playing with Connor McDavid? Sure. Can he be good without Connor? I think he can. I don't think he benefits from... Uh, no, wait a minute. He does benefit from playing with McDavid, but I don't think McDavid makes Dreisaitl the player that he is. That's what I'm trying to get here. So Dreisaitl wins that. McKinnon is second. Panarin finished 
third, which I think was pretty interesting. I'm glad he got the votes because he was definitely key to the Rangers' success and to where they were and how they got there. Like Panarin was clutch on a lot of times. So there, nothing, not really surprised, right? That Drysaitel won it. I think it's fair as well. Um, Calder Trophy was given to Kale McCarr. Again, no real shock here. The vote was close, though, in terms of points. Like 200, and, 200 points separated them. 201 to be exact, okay, between McCarr and Quinn Hughes. McCarr got a lot of first-place votes, which was fine, okay? One reporter gave Adam Fox a first-place vote. I don't know who this guy is, but he's clearly on another planet, okay? Again, that's fine. It was always a two-horse race. We understood that. It was Kale McCarr or Quinn Hughes. I think Kale McCarr did enough to earn it. I really do think so. I think he did enough. I think he plays well. I mean, any of those guys could have won it, and I wouldn't have been surprised. That's what I'm kind of looking at here. I'm not saying either one of those picks would have been fine. I think it was... In I think it was interesting that McCarr had that many first place votes more than his counterpart did, right? Quinn Hughes. I think that was interesting. Some also some some names here as well that showed up. Elvis Merslekins was on this. Yeah, he's a rookie. Mackenzie um, Blackwood was there as well. That's nice to see him there. Nick Suzuki was there. He got a couple of votes, including a third place vote. So there's a lot of, you know, there were a lot of good rookies, good crop of rookies here. Obviously, McCarr and Hughes were in a completely different category. So, I mean, good for them. Either one could have won it. I'm perfectly fine with Kale McCarr winning it. It makes total sense, right? Uh, Ted Lindsay Award was given as well to Dreisaitl. Okay, if you're not aware of what the Ted Lindsay Award, it's uh, right. So it's the most outstanding player voted by their voted by their peers. Um, again, he <laughs> he was the only player in the league to finish with a hundred plus points. Okay, he had a hundred and ten, and was he outstanding? Outstanding, yes. So. Again, I'm not shocked here. Good for him. He completely deserves it. Um, the Vezina Trophy here was given to Connor Hellebuck. And this ruffled some feathers everywhere. And to me, he deserves to win it. Tuka Rask deserves... No. Tuka Rask, I understand the conversation as to why you may have wanted to give it to Tuka Rask. But Connor Hellebuck fully deserves to win it. He was one of the best goalies. In the league, okay? The Jets gave up the most high-danger scoring chances in the league. The most. Okay? Hellebuck was, was really good. Hellebuck was great. He played 58 games this season. Tuka Rask played 41, for reference, okay? So that's a large gap. In goals there. And I understand where people kind of get caught up here a little bit is they look at Connor Hellebuck's goals against average. And again, you got to go, you you can't just focus on goals against average and save percentage. You got to go somewhere else with this. But anyways, that's, you know, hockey fans and people look at those two stats and that's how they pick winners wins goals against average save percentage so I'm not gonna argue that Connor Hellebuck had a 257 goals against average which by the way in in this day and age is about where most goalies are he had a 922 save percentage so that to me says you're stopping a lot of shots but you're still giving up a fair amount of goals because your team isn't good defensively you look at the Winnipeg Jets defense if you can name all six defensemen who played or any six regulars, okay? I know you can't unless you're a Jets fan. Even if you're a Jets fan, you probably couldn't. That that blue line was beat up. You don't have Dustin Bufflin. Just, you know, Josh Morrissey goes down to injury. They had a rotation of defensemen playing that I couldn't even keep up with. And he was able to do this, which is no surprise why they gave up the most high-danger scoring chances, Right? It makes sense. So you as a goalie had to face a crazy amount 
of shots that had a high chance of going in. And you still had a 922 save percentage and a 257 goals against average. Right? I don't know, Tuka Rask played on a very good team. He did. And that's fine. He played on a good team. Things went well. I'm not surprised. Boston is a well-disciplined team. They're a well-disciplined team. They play well. There's nothing I'm really worried about here, right? I'm not worried about anything that happens to them. Boston is good. Their goaltending is good. It was a timeshare at best. That, to me, was enough to not give him the Vezina over Connor Hellebuck. Should he have been in the conversation, Tuka Rask? Absolutely. He has the numbers to be there. He played well. Fine. Do, am I going to give him the award over him? No. Wasn't going to do that. So, yeah. Connor Hellebuck, not a problem to me. Roman Yossi won the Norris. I was shocked a little bit that they gave it to him. He deserves it. Okay. Fun fact as well. He's the first Swiss-born player to capture a major NHL award. Now, there was a chance, I think a lot of people thought maybe John Carlson would run away with this. And that's a fair assessment, okay? Victor Hedman could have been another one. Those are, again, very fair assessments. I would have had no problem with John Carlson winning it. I do think, I do, that it was Roman Yossi's award to win. And I'm happy that they gave it to him. Roman Yossi is an elite NHL defenseman, and he does a lot of things right. A lot. Okay? If you look at it from a goal total and stuff like that, sure. Maybe he didn't hit the same totals that Carlson did, right? John Carlson was, was good. He was very, very good. He had, he had all the numbers that you want a defenseman to have, right? He had more points. He just did a lot of things. He averaged over a point per game, which is definitely impressive. Now, a, a lot of times people think the Norris is just given to the defenseman with the most points, which is probably not the way we should be looking at that award. But anyways, that's a whole other conversation, okay? Like I said, to me, It it was it was Yossi's award to win. And Yossi to me is a better defenseman than John Carlson is. Yossi plays like Carlson's an offensive defenseman. Let's not get that confused. He's he's offense focused, and there's nothing wrong with that. But to me, the overall, the best defenseman, it to me, has to be offensive and defensive. And Roman Yossi gets that to me. Regardless if he has less points, it doesn't matter. He had like 10 less. He was overall a better defenseman, right? Carlson was on a team that was very offensively friendly as well, right? Nashville was not. Nashville's not the same team. Yossi played a large part of everything there. So it was a two-man race between those two. Nothing against Victor Hedman, who had every right to be part of that conversation, by the way. But I look at it as this was John, you know, this was Yossi's award to win, and he did. So good for him. Um, so yeah, that brings it there. I do want to talk about one other award that was given out and it was the coach of the year award i have to take a moment to talk about this because i almost fell off my chair when i realized that nothing against again nothing against bruce cassidy here okay nothing he is he earned the right to be part of that conversation but how you cannot give it to john tortorella after everything that that team went through is mind-boggling in itself. To me, these awards at that point are just, you know, they're popularity contests at best, which is why the same players keep winning it a lot, right? 
It's it's just the way it is. I the Columbus Blue Jackets were beat up and they were a playoff team. Regardless of whether you want to believe they were going to miss the playoffs or not, for this year with this format, they made the playoffs. They won a series too, by the way. You consider the losses of Matt Duchesne, Artemi Panarin, right? You can throw Dezingle in there if you want to have that conversation, okay? The fact that Bobrovsky was gone. The fact that both their goalies were dealing with injuries. The fact that their entire blue line was ripped apart. The fact that their almost every forward up front was hurt. This team at some point, multiple times during the year, looked like an AHL roster. Because there were just so many guys coming up and down. And they still managed to be, even if they, even if you don't think they're a playoff team, okay? Even if you don't think. Nobody had this team being really good, okay? If anything, I thought they would be closer to what the Detroit Red Wings were this year. And they didn't. So even if they didn't make the playoffs, forget that. Even if you want to discredit that part. To me, it's still John Tortorella. Just for having his team close. For doing what he did with what he had. Again, I don't understand how he couldn't win it. And yet, here we are. Again, nothing against Bruce Cassidy. Nothing. But the Bruins didn't suffer a bunch of injuries. They didn't fall apart. They're a good team. They have really good players. They finish at the top of the league consistently every year. Every year they're a team that has, you know, they can compete for the Stanley Cup. They didn't have, that, you know, their best goalie leave and their best forward leave. They didn't have that. This team didn't suffer the adversity that the Columbus Blue Jackets did, and yet John Tortorella kept them competitive. I don't understand how he didn't win. I think it's absolute dog shit that he didn't. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Like John Tortorella gives us the best memes and the best sound bites ever, but like he is a good coach. He is good at what he does. He takes what he has and he turns it into something. He deserved to win that award. He 100% deserved to win it. It should not have been a conversation. And yet here we are. So yeah, that absolutely sucks. But anyways, those are the awards that were given out. And we can agree to disagree here. Now, the next part I wanted to focus on here was the Minnesota Wild and the Buffalo Sabres making their trade. Now, the trade is not that important. I'm not going to focus too long about it because basically both teams just don't give a shit. Um, more of the Minnesota Wild than the Buffalo Sabres. The Buffalo Sabres are a franchise that is just, I mean, they are where they are. But Minnesota, to me, is a team that is just falling apart. I have no idea what Bill Guerin is looking to acquire. I have no idea what he's trying to do with this team, but it doesn't sound like it's working. It honestly doesn't, right? So Eric Stahl gets shipped off. To Buffalo, Marcus Johansson comes the other way. Both players are in their final year of their deals. Okay, Marcus Johansson is making 4.5 million this year. Okay, and Eric Stahl, on the other hand, is making 3.25. Now, Johansson is five years younger than Stahl. Doesn't matter. They're both UFAs. We can agree that on paper, Eric Stahl is a better player than Marcus Johansson. Eric Stahl is also a centerman. Marcus Johansson is a winger, okay? Now, Minnesota, maybe, Bill Guerin was talking to Bergevin before he made this deal. Bergevin said, no, it's not a problem. Get a winger and then play him at center because he played center once upon a time in juniors 100 years ago. That, to me, that has to be the understanding here, okay? Because, again, Marcus Johansson is a winger, okay? He can play center. But remember when Jonathan Drouin could play center and then he tried to for a year and it was a disaster and now we understand that he's a winger, but you still traded one of your better defense, your, your defensive prospects for a player that didn't, you know, fix a need that you had. 
Because Minnesota has no center options, by the way. I just want to point that out. Let's exclude Johansson from the center position. Here are your centermen, okay? Under contract. Under contract. You have Victor Rosk, and we know how that went last season. It was not good, okay? Nick Bukestad, who just showed up. So he didn't even play for the team last year, okay? I'm not going to count Ryan Donato in this because he was in and out of the lineup, and he's a winger, okay? Joel Eriksson-Eck is a centerman, by the way, okay? So you have Rask, you have Bukestad, you have Eriksson Ek. Those are your centermen, by the way, under contract. Miko Koivu, okay, who Minnesota has come out and said we're not going to resign him. So he's going to be a UFA. Alex Galchenyuk is not a centerman. We understand this now. He is a UFA, okay? Nico Sturm is an RFA. He's probably going to get a contract, but again, we're not going to spend too much time here on that, on, you know, on that kind of stuff because it doesn't matter. So you've brought in a player in Marcus Johansson to, I don't know, do what? And you've shipped out Eric Stahl. I don't see why Minnesota needed to make this deal. I have no idea why. I don't understand why half these deals are made. I don't. Minnesota is spending their money, I don't know, differently, I guess. I have no problem with them giving money to Jonas Brodeen. It's a long deal. It's a good amount of money. But hey, that's fine. But there's a lot of things here that are wrong when you're looking at their center crop of players and saying who the hell is going to play the center position for this team. Because they have nobody. I thought Montreal Canadiens had zero center depth and then Minnesota showed up and said, hold my beer. They have nobody. And the Marcus Johansson at center experience is not going to go out. Like Victor Rask was a healthy scratch at times. So I don't know what's going to happen there. Nick Bukestad was hurt last season. So I don't know what's going to happen there either. Erickson Eck is a good player. Is he a top centerman? I don't think so. I really don't. And you got a whole bunch of other players who are just not going to show up. I thought it was really interesting that Minnesota didn't give Miko Koivu a contract. Maybe they couldn't agree on money, right? Which is possible. But I feel like they could have gotten him at a fairly decent price to play that fourth line role, to continue to be the captain, to mentor some of these players. And instead, they're going to say, hey, walk. And then, right, you have all these conversations happening that maybe Bill Guerin's going to trade Matt Dumba. And I'm sitting here going, okay, like, let's put the brakes on somewhere, okay? You trade Eric Stahl because you want your team to get younger. Fine. You went out to get a player in Marcus Johansson, who's 29, who's going to turn 30. He's not necessarily young anymore, okay? He's, he's 30. At 30, my apologies, you're starting to get old, okay? In the NHL universe, you're, you're trending on the wrong side of 30, okay? On top of it, Johansson costs you more money. On the books, right, he costs you more. You, you Minnesota has some cap space, so that's not a problem. But again, you went out and you acquired a player who, to me, is not on the same level as Eric Stahl, doesn't fit a need that you have, and is more expensive, by the way. So that doesn't make sense. And then if you're thinking about trading Matt Dumba, I don't know what piece you're going to acquire, if it's not a centerman, a top centerman, which those are really hard to get, by the way. That would be interesting. Because again, Ryan Suter is starting to get old. Okay? Yes, you have Spurgeon. Yes, you have Brodeen. But outside of that, I mean, you don't have very much on the blue line. Moving Matt Dumbo would definitely be an error. But I really want to see what Bill Guerin's going to do here. I really want to see. Because he still has his goaltending problem, by the way which is that he's got two veteran goalies in Devin Dubnik and Alex Stalock who are not very good at playing the goaltending position anymore, right? Stalock's a backup goalie. You can kind of get away with it, but he played a lot of games because Devin Dubnik was not good, who, by the way, is entering free agency next year. So Dubnik's got one year left on his deal. Anyways, this team is not competing for anything. I thought it was absolutely tremendous. Just... I, like, I couldn't believe that Minnesota thought, yeah, this is a good deal. I also couldn't believe that both players did not have their respective teams that they're on now on their no-trade list. And this got me thinking. 
This is the fun segment we're going to have here. Okay? Because it was later reported that Eric Stahl didn't even put any thought into his no-trade list that he submitted to Minnesota. He just said, hey, use the one as last year. Right? That was his, that's what they said. And then that got me thinking, how is Buffalo not on your no-trade list every year? Regardless of what year you submit your list, whether you say, yeah, use the one from three years ago, Buffalo should be on that list, wouldn't it? So then I tweeted out, right, because I saw somebody else do it. If I had to submit 10 teams that I would not go to, what would my list look like? So I'd encourage you to do that. You can tweet out your list to me, right? At FuzzyChris91. Tweet it out to at Slapshot Podcast. If you had 10 teams you didn't want to go to, what would they be? I'm going to give you mine, okay? I'm going to give you to them an order from hell no, okay? Because I feel like the first six are going to look alike, okay? We're all not going to the same places, which also is outstanding. Imagine if we, as casual people, don't want to go here. Imagine other NHL players. <laughs> like, we don't even play the, the sport for a living, and we're like, I'm not going here if I had the choice. In, in my fantasy reality, I'm not going here. So imagine NHL players, okay? Imagine. It would be mind-boggling at best. So I'm going to start from team one that I'm definitely not going, and I'm going to work my way down, okay? The last three are teams that I could probably be convinced. These, I, the reason I want to keep these ones for last is because I feel like we could have a pretty much a debate on this and say, okay, well, why this one or why this? Or I could be convinced with a little bit of money to maybe go here, right? So I'm going to start off. The first team I would definitely not go to is Buffalo, okay? I've been to Buffalo. It's not a great place, okay? My apologies if you live in Buffalo. Your city is just not that cool. It's not. There's nothing great. This franchise as itself doesn't seem to be going anywhere, really. So, I just don't, I just don't like it. I just don't like it. I don't like the, I don't like the franchise. I don't like the city. I wouldn't want to spend my career there. Even if I was a player that, you know, was a fringe NHL player, I don't want to go to Buffalo. I just don't. I don't like it. I don't think, I don't want to go there. Okay, so Buffalo is number one on my list, which would be a lot on everybody's list, but apparently is not on Eric Stahl's list. My second team I wouldn't go to is Ottawa. Now, Ottawa, obviously, they have some players. They're getting, you know, they're a young team. There's things that are going to develop there. That's fine, okay? Living in Canada, if you've never been to Canada, you don't have to. There's not much, right? They don't even play in Ottawa. They play 40 minutes outside of Ottawa. Their arena is in the middle of a field, basically. Um, there's not much going on there, so... That's probably number one. Number two, okay, their ownership, right? Eugene Melnick, that's probably a problem there. There's, there's just a whole bunch of things around with the centers that I don't like. They have some pieces of players who might make this team good, right? You think of Thomas Shabbat. You think of the, you know, Brady. But I don't want to go to Ottawa. I don't want to go there. I wouldn't have a good time. City's boring, by the way. Nothing happens there. Again, my apologies to you, Ottawa. It's just not a city I want to be part of. Not a city I want to be part of. Okay? I'm not going to Ottawa. My third team I'm not going to is Minnesota. Now, again, I've never been to Minnesota. Minnesota is a hockey city, right? You tell me, which is fine. Minnesota is purely, I'm looking at this roster and saying, man, I'm going to suck for a long time. So if I'm signing a deal here as a free agent... I know that this rebuild could take a while and it would probably take longer than some other teams because they're probably going to fire Bill Guerin at some point and start the rebuild all over again. They have nothing. You look at this lineup and it doesn't look good. It doesn't. They're one good young player on defense they might think about trading. Their only good forward that they have really is Kevin Fiala. He's the young one. He's an RFA next season, by the way. He's probably going to want some money. I'm looking at this team and I'm just saying, man, nothing really excites me about going here. Minnesota is probably a great place to live. I know it's cold, but I'm fine with that, right? I live in Montreal 12 months out of the year. I'm fine with the cold. I'm not going to, not problematic. But I'm definitely not going to Minnesota, okay? Number four on my list. See, I'm not going? Toronto. Nothing. Now, I know, hold on. Hold on, she says, nothing to do with me being a Habs fan. I don't want to go to Toronto because I don't want to deal with the bullshit of the media, all that stuff. Toronto's a nice place to live, right? 
Toronto's a nice place. It's good place. The team as well, right? The team's going to have their cap issues. I expect them to probably regress. I don't think they're going to win a lot. But I just don't want to be sucked into the media hole that is Toronto, okay? Because I, I, I think it's worse than Montreal. In Montreal, I have to deal with the French side of it, and that part's pretty bad too. But I can't imagine being a Toronto player. I can't imagine being Mitch Marner or Willie Nylander and then just waking up every day and seeing the just horrendous trade ideas that some people have. I can't. Montreal has bad ones, but boy, are the Toronto ones on a different level of terrible. So I don't want nothing to do. If I had the choice between two markets of where I'd rather play, because I didn't put Montreal on this list, because I would definitely play in the Montreal hotbed before I play in the Toronto hotbed, just because I'm coming home, right? If I'm a Montreal player, I know a lot of people say, yeah, French-speaking players don't want to come back to Montreal. Eh, I would. I would. If it's between Montreal and Toronto, I'd choose Montreal. It's coming home. I like that. I'd much rather that than deal with the Toronto bullshit at that point. So Toronto's number four on my list. I would not be going there. Number five is Detroit. Obvious reasons, right? Detroit's a trash can team. Detroit's not really a great city, I hear. Just nothing really excites me about them. They're kind of in the same category as Buffalo and Ottawa. Um but yeah, I, I would not go to Detroit. I just I would I really don't want to play in Buffalo and Ottawa. Like I really don't. Right? I'd play in Detroit before I play in Buffalo and Ottawa. Right? That's what I think of it. I think Detroit at some point with all these good players coming in, right? They might get better. Like they're a long ways from it, but they might get better at some point. But I'm not going there. Um next on the list, okay. So what how much have we done? One, two, three, four, five. Number six on the list is New Jersey. Okay, I'm not going to Jersey. I think this team, it just, I don't know. Nothing about New Jersey really excites me. Nothing. I'd rather play in New York, right? I'd, I'd play for the Islanders before I play in New Jersey, 100%. I'm not going to, to New Jersey. I don't think this is a team that's going to develop into a true Stanley Cup contender, right? I know they have some young players here on this team. They're going to get better, right? Mackenzie Blackwood, I think, is a good goalie. He's going to be good. But I still think they have a lot of growing pains. I really do think New Jersey could end up being like an Edmonton where they just struggle. And Edmonton has two elite players and they struggle. I think New Jersey doesn't have the same elite players, obviously. Right? He sure, right? Nico Heischer and, you know, Jack Hughes just maybe they're still growing into it, which is fine, right? You can't expect every first overall pick to be a hundred plus point player in the NHL, right? But I'm just I don't want to go to New Jersey kind of thing. I just, I'd much rather not, okay? Number seven on the list is Arizona. Now, Arizona is just, they're a decent team. But man, this team is going to cut payroll. And they are not going to be a team that's going to be aggressive. You go to Arizona, right? And you stay in Arizona because you're a lot like Shane Doan. You just like living in Arizona, okay? Now, if I had to go today, Right, Bill Armstrong, new GM. Like he's been instructed that he's got to shed some salary, which is fine. They have a million dollars left in cap space, one point one to be exact. They have no pick in the first, second, and third round this year. Okay, they have no first round pick next year. Remember the penalties that they're paying. They have no third round pick. This is a team that just doesn't really look good. There's nothing about this team that I'm excited about. I think they're not great, and I think it's going to get worse for them. They have good goaltending. This is a team that I feel like could be good, but they won't be. They will not be good. I don't want to go to Arizona. The weather is probably wonderful. I don't want to go. I don't like the team. I don't like what's going on. All the stuff that you hear about it, they're a circus show. I don't want to be part of that, right? I can live in a hot climate somewhere else and not have the team be a circus show. So I'm not going to Arizona. It's not on my list of thing of places I'd like to play. Okay. So these eight, nine, and ten. Okay. These next three teams, eight, nine, and ten, are teams that I could be convinced to go to. Okay. That are and and they could be interchangeable depending on you know how I feel and what I think. Okay. Um, L.A. is one of them. The L.A. Kings. I don't want to go to the L.A. Kings. I don't. I hear LA is not a great place to live. It's kind of like meh. 
but I guess there's different parts of LA, right, that are kind of cool. But just overall, the team, I I feel like they're going to go into a rebuild, but they still have some pieces that are not there yet, right? Like Jonathan Quick's falling apart. Like Drew Doughty's going to get old. Kopitar's going to get old. I mean, there's they kind of don't have really a good group of young players coming in. I just, I, I don't like it, but I could be convinced with enough money, right? If you gave me enough money, I'd probably go play in LA. I would, but you'd have to overpay so I could do it, right? Team number nine on this list is Calgary. I think Cal- there's nothing wrong with the city, right? Calgary, I hear, is a wonderful place. I just, like, there are other teams I'd rather play for. If I have to give you 10, Calgary is one of those teams that makes the cut. I would rather play in other cities, okay? So, for example, I'd rather play in Anaheim. I do. I think Anaheim could at some point become something better. Much rather play there. I would much rather play in San Jose. That's right. I would much rather be on a team with Martin Jones as my goalie than probably head to Calgary. I I think Calgary is good. I just don't. I think they're going to start to regress a lot. Right? They don't have good goaltending. Their defense is kind of, it's good, but it's it's not there yet. I, I think their offense lacks a little bit of depth. I just, I don't want to go to Calgary. I'd much rather go to Edmonton kind of thing. Like, I'd much rather play in Winnipeg. I know some people are like, oh, I want to go to Winnipeg. It's cold. I don't have a problem with that. Right? I'm not Chris Pronger's wife. I'd much, like, living in Canada is not a problem. Even if it's cold in the prairies, that's fine. I just, I don't want to go to Calgary. Last on the list. Florida, specifically the Panthers. I would not go to the Panthers. I wouldn't want to. Now, again, I could probably be convinced with a little bit of money. But could you imagine how depressing it must be to play in Sunrise? Like Sunrise, first of all, you're not in like Miami and all, you know, Fort Lauderdale. You're in Sunrise. Sunrise is not a bad place, right? But it's not Sarasota, Florida, right? And I'm sure, you know, Luongo can vouch it's a great place to be. But there's no fans in Florida. We all know this, okay? Can you imagine going to an empty arena? Like, it's not cool. It's not fun, right? We've made all the jokes about how Florida playing in the hub was kind of like playing a home a home game anyways. And the no fans wouldn't have made an impact because there are none in Florida. They're not. It's great weather. That's why players go there. Let's not forget that. Great weather, right? There's tax implications that are probably nicer. But I'm not... I'm not going to Florida. Again, I could be convinced with a little bit of money. And I think maybe that team is just a little bit overhyped for what they are. I would play in Tampa Bay. Absolutely. But I would not, like Florida would not be. Again, if I have to pick a hot climate where I want to be, I'd much rather play in San Jose. Straight up, I'd much rather play in San Jose than play in Florida. I know, mind-boggling. But for me, I'd much rather play in San Jose. I know some other people had different teams on the list, right, that they had. I saw a lot of people saying, oh, they don't want to go play in St. Louis. Man, I want to go play on a team that won a Stanley Cup recently. Absolutely. I'd much rather go there. Damn right. I know some people said Nashville. I don't want to go to Nashville. Man, Nashville has been a good hockey team. You know, they, I think they just underperformed a little bit. I think their offense underperformed. I still think they're good. I'd much, I, would play, I would play in Nashville before I play in Florida today there are a lot of teams in the nhl where i would much rather go to than florida (laughs) understand the impact and the life and living and going to the arena and your flip-flops and whatnot like i get a taste of that right because i play summer hockey i go in my shorts and my flip-flops at the arena i'm like man this was money this is what it feels like to play in florida every single day but i probably have more fans at my sunday rec league game than the Panthers do on a regular basis with the exception of Christmas week when the Montreal Canadiens make their annual trip down south so that they can, so Florida can bank on the Habs fans that are down there, the snowbirds to fill the arena that you can and you can buy tickets on game day because they have a bunch. I don't want to do that. To me, unappealing. Those are my 10 teams. Those are 10 teams I would not go to. 10 teams I want nothing to do with. The last three, like I said, I could be convinced with a little bit of money. Right? 8, 9, and 10. But the first from 1 to 7, hell no. Not enough money convinces me that it's a good idea to play for your organization. I'm going to wait till you figure it out. I'm going to wait to see the, you know, the change happen. 
and then maybe I'll think about going. But man, I am not, man. So yeah, post your list. Go through it, man. Tag at Slapshot Podcast on Twitter. Let me know what your list would be. 10 teams. If your agent said, hey, man, you're, you know, you need to submit a list of 10 teams you're not willing to go to. Regardless of what team you're on now. Don't even worry about what team you're on now. Or let's say you're a free agent. Okay? You're a free agent. You got to, and you have to meet with a whole bunch of teams. What 10 teams are you not meeting with? You're saying, I'm not meeting with this team. I want nothing to do with them. Let me know what it is, man. Tweet it out to me. I said at FuzzyChris91, at Slapshot Podcast. While I'm doing the tour, man, make sure you follow me on Twitter. Follow the podcast as well. Let me know how much you love it. Let me know how much you hate it. I want to say as well, much love to everybody, man. I got a whole bunch of positivity from last episode that I did. It was great to see people reach out. It was great to see people embrace you know, conversation that isn't only hockey. I think that's important. I think we need to keep doing that. It's important to have conversations about different things in life. So I, I mean, again, thank you to everybody who reached out and said they enjoyed it. Really makes me happy. Um, so yeah, that does a tour of the podcast today. Thank you so much for listening. I know it's, I can't get to it on a regular basis. I'd like to, you know, have more episodes up, but you know, time in life kind of restricts me from being able to do these. You know, I'd like to be doing them at least once a week, but it's a little bit harder right now, but I mean, much love, like I said, to everybody who listens. Thank you so much again for being here with me today. And we definitely will come back soon, man. In the meantime, as always, okay, more importantly than ever, stay safe, wash your hands, wear your mask, okay? We'll talk to each other soon again. Bye-bye.